Hello, welcome to the Calamity Vault, where each month we play a different RPG system. And this month we are playing Ten Candles, a tragic horror game that we had tons of fun setting up in the last episode. This episode, join us as we embark on our journey to save the people of Sulphur from the monsters that lurk in the dark as we play through the first half of our game. If tragedy or horror isn't your thing and you find yourself uncomfortable at any point during this episode, I encourage you to do what's best for you if you need to turn it off. Follow us on Twitter, though, to make up for it and make Emily very happy. A month ago, the sun and the moon stopped rising. Not long after, the rest of the stars blinked out. And then, they came. Alice and Corey were the first to go missing. Joe next, then Belle. We realized pretty quick that straying far, far, too far even, into the dark, well, it wasn't wise. Power company doesn't provide electricity out here anymore. It's up to us to make our own light. We don't know what they are. We do know they fear the light. Now, some folks just sit and wait for the generators to die or food to run out. Some, including us, including you, set out. If you can get to the bottom of this, bring back more food, maybe find enough fuel to keep the generators running long enough to outlast whatever this dark spell is, well, maybe there's hope in that. Right now, all of you have gathered in the small town of Sulphur. Come around the entrance to the school. You're looking to pick up the keys. One of these school buses here. Drive them off. Take a few people out of town. Maybe drop people off who are wanting to get away. Who don't have a good source of light. Maybe bring back some supplies. This particular bus depot and schoolyard are all kind of crunched together right next to the gymnasium where a lot of folks are kind of hiding out now people who didn't have their own private generators whenever everything went out people who couldn't keep the lights going when the power companies cut them off the town and you know that it's only lasts so long only so much fuel to go around and it's only so much food someone's got to set out Someone's got to find help, or someone's got to find food, or someone's got to find fuel. It's your job to set off from here, and it's your hope that you can bring something back to people of Sulphur. You can make this work out. You can outlast this. You all find yourselves with a small crowd of people, all with the same mission, as it were, to help the town of Sulphur survive this long darkness got an idea of a destination, or some folks do anyways. It's a place called Alta, up the road. At the moment, all of you are just now opening the front doors to the high school of your town. Just the one. It's not a big town. You step through those doors into the halls, darkened now. Only the gymnasium is still powered up, still with light. As flashlights click on, cast beams down the halls. Start to walk your way forward. You need to take a look around the place. If there's any supplies you can nab before you go, might grab them up now. Main thing you're looking for are the keys. You want to make your way out the back, probably to the bus depot. As you all cast your own lights down the hallways, you can see each other kind of caught in the bits of light that are swinging about. Lit under the faces, shadows cast long 
starting with Avery. Why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you look like? Uh, you see a girl who's in probably her late teens. Uh, she's got sort of like like an athlete's tan, like the kind that you get when you're, it's just because you're outside a bunch. Blonde hair, sort of pulled up, high ponytail, combat boots, camo jacket. Her name is Casey J. I think she is actively probably elbowing Jack's character and goes going like, sulfur fucking high, huh? Thought at least we'd never have to come back here. Yeah, at, at least. With that, Jack, why don't you introduce your character? Mitch sort of staggers slightly as Casey elbows him in the side and the light catches on his face for a moment. Uh, he's a bit pasty, a bit gangly, um, and his clothes have that sort of slightly too tight, too short quality of hand-me-downs, well-maintained, but not just right for his size and shape. He's similar in age to Casey, probably having recently graduated or not yet done so from this very high school. And he's just looking around cautiously and trying each of the doors in turn. And he sort of swipes his dark hair that keeps falling down into his eyes. It looks different somehow with just the flashlights. It it shouldn't, but it does. Emily, why don't you introduce your character? Yeah, so I think walking a, a step or two behind the, the younger folks is a woman in her late 20s, and she looks um, kind of like a disaster person. Very Miss Frizzle vibes. Uh, she has like her hair in a loose, dirty blonde bun with a ribbon tied around it, and like one stray bee bobby pin like with an enamel bee on it. Cozy sweaters with a little quilted jacket. Some very tactical pants that uh, she does not look very comfortable in and has to like pull down every now and then because they just don't fit her right. Um, and she's just looking around but listening to the two kids and has a bit of a smile on her face. And what's her name? Lily. Lily. Does everyone else call her Lily or is there another name that some people might know her by? Is she, is she on a first name basis with like her students? I'm sure she was like Miss Lily. Okay, miss, maybe Miss Lily yeah. then. Got it. Uh, Maggie, why don't you introduce your character as well? Yeah, I think as people kind of slowly file into the gym, you hear kind of a, uh, a robust stomping from behind. And you hear a, move it, kids, we gotta get going. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. We can't stay here for too long. Um, as um, Beth Laramie um, kind of marches forward, she... Looks to be in her 50s or 60s, but um, she definitely carries herself around as a woman who certainly does not feel like someone who's in her 60s. She would be damned if anybody ever helped her out with anything. She kind of, her hair has gone gray, and she keeps it in one long braid down her back. And she also was kind of wearing a more tactical outfit. She's got boots on. They look to be pretty worn and dirty. And she's got kind of like a pants that she would wear out because she 
owns her own personal farming field and she kind of wears them out about there. So it's all her outdoor gear that she would normally wear when she's working the field. In addition to her um, independent farm, she's also the school's bus driver. As she is kind of marching with intention, like she knows exactly where she's going. I think as you all make your way into the hall, uh, Beth kind of strides forward and gets a little bit almost up beside, if not out ahead of you, and starts uh, kind of directing, not not just with the sweeping sort of search that um, the other's flashlights are taking, but a clear purpose, a location, a place. You all find yourselves in a darkened school hallway. Many of the doors are locked. As you continue your sweep, what are you doing? What would you like to do? Where are you going? We're looking for the bus key, right? Well, Beth, you would probably know where to find that. Yeah, yeah, we just got to break into the administration office. I'm sure it's locked. Oh, man, you tell me we can't hotwire it? You want to hotwire the bus? Do you know how to hotwire the bus? God, no! Then we're not going to hotwire the bus. This could be a learning experience. I I think that the uh the the front desk secretary kept a key in her desk to the admin office. All right, let's check there then. You'll begin to make your way down the halls with a certain sense of purpose and direction and knowledge of this familiar place. You head towards the main office, really. Um This is a smaller town, a smaller place. A lot of things are concentrated here. You might, in other larger towns, have a bus depot totally separate from the school. You might have a different office for it, but no, not here. Here, everything is in one spot. You come to the main office, you reach out and you try the door. It's locked. Like most of the doors here, whenever the place was closed up. Well, crap. Casey, do you want to try your vandalism now? Well, it, and look, it wasn't like, it's not like I'm, I'm down to just, like, do whatever, right? I just thought, like, you know, hey, I took small engines. I'm sure I could figure out how a bus works. Sure. So you don't want to try and break this door down first? Hell yeah, I do. Okay. Casey, uh, are you attempting to break the door down? Uh, what is the sort of door construction that we're looking at here? Is this a glass door? Well, you mostly got, uh... It's sort of a, a wooden frame, but a large glass window cut in the middle of it. Um, I, I think to kind of fill out the hall a bit more, um, this office is kind of a... You, you walk along a very pl- bland hallway, a number of doors leading to classrooms, each of which has windows into those classrooms. Uh, and you come to the office, which is sort of first comes upon you with a large uh, spelled out uh, O-F-F-I-C-E sign over the top. Uh, you have a large wooden door with a window cut into it, and you have the corner where it is before the hallway split off, uh, a large glass kind of window that goes around the corner. You could try to go through the door if you wanted to, um, crash it in, you could try to break one of the windows. Is there an emergency fire extinguisher on the wall anywhere? Uh, there certainly are. Multiple of them at different intervals throughout the hallway. And look, as long as we get through the door window, we can reach in and undo it from the inside. Yeah, that might work, but we don't want to scratch ourselves up with this glass here. And um, 
Beth is gonna um, grab, like, open one of the doors to the fire extinguishers and grab that, and she's just gonna try and throw it through the gra- the the glass of the door. Okay. Um, you you pull out the fire extinguisher, sort of <clears throat> unlatch this thing, yank it out. Um, it's not really much effort. It's uh easy to kind of pull off where it's latched at. You come over and you swing to bash. Go ahead and make me. Uh, a conflict roll. Alright, so I get... That'll be with 10d6. 10 dice, got it. So the ones disappear. Yep. Before the duration of the scene. Oh god. And we need at least one six. Okay, well, I got two sixes and two ones. Okay, if you would like to re-roll your ones, you can use whatever card is active. Potentially. If you wish to weave that into the scene, you don't have to, but it is an option. I think, I feel like I shouldn't. It's only two ones. We'll be fine, right? It's still eight dice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Then, uh, Beth Laramie, you have narrative control. Tell me what happens as you approach the window here with your fire extinguisher. And this can include what you do to get in, but it can also include what you find on the other side. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, she she takes this this fire extinguisher and she just smashes in the window. Glass flies everywhere. You know, once the glass is shattered in, there's still a lot of jagged edges. So she kind of takes it and she starts working on the edges before she sticks her hand in. And there's a little turn lock that she just kind of turns and the the door the the, uh, the it clicks and we're able to swing the door open inside. We see what we would have seen already, which was like a secretary's desk. And I think she marches right over and the desk is also locked. (laughs) You march over and the desk itself is locked. There are a couple doors that go off into other offices. You haven't tried those yet. Uh, We'll leave that ambiguous for the moment. Um, But you, you go over to the desk with purpose and... Um, you jiggle the drawer and to no avail. I think she has a couple curses that she flies out of her mouth and she's like, why won't this damn thing open? Uh, I, I think because it's locked. Yeah, I got that. Good job, Mitch. Thanks, Miss L. Uh, Beth, you'd already gotten like a fuck yeah from, from Casey when you actually break through the window. Uh, <laughs> Remind me not to get on your bad side, Beth. Wow. You got biceps for days. Can I feel them? Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Or one of them? Sure. You know, I, I, I do a lot of work out in the field. Um, wow, I can see that. Just massage your bicep for a second. Oh, that's so nice. I go walk over to one of the other doors uh, for the vice principal's office to get away from that. And I just stare at it for a minute. And sigh, and I'm going to try the lock. Uh, yeah, I think I want to stop you slightly short of that as you stare at it. And, Nitch, I'd like you to make me a conflict roll. Ooh. So I roll 8d6. Yep, you have 8d6 remaining in your pool. Okay, so I have two sixes and two ones. Okay. Would you like to re-roll those ones using whichever card is active? No, no, no. Good. How many ones? That was two. two. Okay. So we're down, we're to, down six, to six, six in your total. Nice. 
Wow, starting off great. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, this is regular. You have narrative control. You you sort of look into the glass that goes into the darkened room that is the office beyond um, the vice principals. Tell me, and this is up to you how far you want to go, mm-hmm. perhaps what you see in there, perhaps whether the door is locked or unlocked, perhaps what is inside the office. This is up to you. You have narrative control of what happens next. Mitch goes to look at sort of the the old style uh, foil name in the glass and you can sense irritation, dislike, disgust flash across his face for a moment. And as he looks down towards the doorknob, he blinks and sees that the wood around it is kind of splintered and it's closed, but the latch is no longer attached to the frame. And as he looks down, he sees that there's just a little bit of discoloration that's spread onto the floor in front of it and takes a step back. Folks, um, I don't think that we were the first ones here. I'll go over and take a look at the door, just kind of stepping in front of Mitch. Do I hear anything inside? Is there any movement in the glass? That sounds like a conflict roll. Oh, no. (laughs) Roll your six dice. Well, I got no ones and no sixes. What does that mean? (laughs) You look at the glass, and with the light from the room you're in, the flashlight swaying to and fro, checking the drawer, jiggling the locks, sweeping across the space. The reflection on the glass makes it difficult to see what's on the other side. And you look and you notice the same discoloration at the base of the door. And you listen. You hear a familiar voice. You didn't work at this school, but you worked in the same district. You hear one of the superintendents. Hello? Who's there? Come in, please. Hello? Come in, please. Okay, we're just going to back up a little bit. It's not him. It's not him. As we blow out our first candle and our first scene ends. (sighs) Yeah, boy. Oh, God. Now, because our first scene has ended and our first candle has gone out, we need to establish truths. These things are true. The world is dark. Beginning with the player who triggered the end of the scene, we'll go around establishing truths. Miss Lily, or Miss L, what is true? I think we run out of the office. These things are true. The door to the vice principal's office cracks and groans under the force of something behind it. Mitch, what else is true? It is following us. Beth Laramie, what else is true? Beth spots the keys hanging up on a hook on the wall and is able to snag them before running out. Casey, Casey J, what else is true? To get to where the bus is parked, we have to go by where they leave sports equipment. Casey grabs a bat. 
Miss L. What else is true? As we're running to the bus, I spot a light switch on the wall. I run over to and flick it on. The lights flicker, but they're there for now. These things are true. As lights flicker on for just a moment, dim and flicker and dim and flicker, you all glance behind you and you see nothing. Just an empty hall lit in dim and then bright and then dark and then dim and then bright and then dark light. Niche, what else is true? We pile in to the old bus, huddled in the front. Beth, what else is true? The keys catch on the old bus. We start it, the engine kind of wobbles a little bit. She turns it off and she turns it on again frantically. And it takes three times before the bus roars to life. And the front headlights pop on. With that, I'd like you all to repeat after me. These things are true. These These things things are are true. true. The world is dark. The The world world is dark. And we are alive. And And we we are are alive. alive. On the third try, the engine revs to life. The headlights turn on and you begin to pull out of the lot. Not only you, but some of your compatriots from the town have made it aboard the bus, uh, scrambling in in a frenzy along with you, running from something they don't know what. You could swear as you turn, you catch just a glimpse, a shadow of something at the edge of the headlights that slides away, even as it would have come into view. Some of your passengers flick flashlights outside around looking for any sign of danger. But you pull out onto the road. The bus begins to clatter down the smaller state highways out of this town, out of Sulphur, catching every bump that's possible in this road. For a moment, you take a second to breathe away from the school and away from the town, the town that you are leaving, perhaps to save, perhaps to come back to, or perhaps not. Beth, are you driving the bus? I think so. Beth Laramie, you have situated yourself in a familiar position as a bus driver for this rather small district, and you take off down familiar roads. The rest of you, as you find yourself on this dark interior of a bus, the headlights and taillights casting incandescent light ahead and tinted red light behind, what are you all doing? Mitch is going up and down the rows of seats, trying to see if anything has been left in here. Maybe a a book bag, maybe something from one of the innumerable sports team trips. Anything that could be useful. Casey, what are you doing? I think Casey is standing at the front of the bus and sort of like going, I think she's the kind of person and Sulphur is a small enough place that like she knows most of the people on the bus. And she's going, you know, okay, all right. 
you know, we got Mr. Jones from like the, from the grocery store. Could see a man. What have you got with you? And, and so on and so forth. Like, okay, you know, is, is everyone all right? Who is here? What have we got? Nitch starts to sort of search the, the empty seats of the bus. Casey, you start to take stock of your passengers. Uh, Lily, what are you doing? I think Lily is near the front of the bus, kind of kneeling on one of the seats, looking down at, like, drawings that kids have made over the years. Just so many dicks. So many rude words. And I think she's just closed her eyes and is singing an old love song. Maybe something that's tied to the region that we're in. Maybe something that's a favorite of our town. Just Country roads take me home, me home to, to the place I belong in West, West Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> it's a love song to West Virginia. Is that copyright? Um, I don't get think, demonetized. <laughs> I'm not sure that we can put Country Roads our podcast. I don't think that our disjointed singing will get you guys into the programs. I suppose we'll find out if we get taken down. Um, I, I just think she's singing an old country love song, and she knows that sometimes in the dark there are noises, and at this point it's better to just ignore them. Lily, make a conflict roll. Beans. You have nine dice. Nine. Oh. Down to nine candles. Nine dice is your maximum. Two ones and one six. Would you like to re-roll your ones with your trait? No. Tell me, as you look through the drawings and you look out at the road ahead, this bus clatters along. You survey the interior, you survey the path, you look over what you're doing. What happens? What do you see? The scene is yours. I see the people of Sulphur talking with another, sharing what they have, sharing information, maybe some stories they've heard. Some not as bleak as the others, thankfully. And I think even if... The bus is trundling along. It is still moving steadily towards our destination. And I think there's a moment of peace in the school bus. As you <laughs> clatter down the road, those of you more towards the back, uh, Nitch and Casey, as you're kind of surveying the space and the people, the grizzled look a man with a sort of bedraggled I am canonically at the front but oh I'm sorry I I, I missed at the front um uh then, then I guess this is mainly uh niche as you kind of are making your way to the back mm-hmm. you you have kind of one of the passengers who's riding along kind of look over towards you bit grizzled bit bedraggled uh kind of messy beard should be to Alta soon yeah uh how, how you holding up, Mr. Eustace? I'm a... The bus hits kind of a divot in the road and bounces up and down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. County's got to fix those potholes, huh? Mm, yeah, they won't. Um, no. 
You know, they say Alto is uh, one of the first towns out here that uh, and kind of nods at you. Got evacuated. Lots of fuel up there, probably. Food too. That's why I figure uh, it's probably a good place to head. Um, maybe we'll stick this thing out. That that would be incredible. I mean, maybe it, if if people were evacuated from there, maybe they left a way to contact them. Eustace kind of uh, just kind of like nods in, in your direction, squints a little bit. Some heavy, thick eyebrows kind of pulling over the eyes a bit. Well, you know. Well, we'll be we'll be real real careful, and uh, you know, it's, I feel feel bad for the poor folk got taken off uh, off the space, but you know, what's uh, to their detriment? Well, <laughs> our benefit. Sorry, did he say off to space? <laughs> oh no, uh, gotten taken off their space. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Where? Not not that he <laughs> wouldn't. Call? We don't know what Eustace will say, um, but did not in fact say aliens are involved just yet. Um, okay okay not that, that um, this would be appropriate but d- not in fact what i intended <laughs> is it well in, in an emergency you know everyone's got to do what they can do what other people tell them to do that's what they did and kind of nods in your direction uh in what you think to be a knowing kind of gesture but you're not sure what is known um yeah um i i will sort of nod agreeably and uh, try to keep making my way and checking the the seats for anything useful. And I think, Mitch, you you find something kind of tucked under one of the back seats as you've been passing by all these folk. A gun. (laughs) Well, that would be something, wouldn't it? It's an inner city school bus. (laughs) In West Virginia. In West Virginia. We don't know if we're in West Virginia. <laughs> Please, we can't be in West Virginia. <laughs> Nitch, I would love for you to roll a conflict check to find out if we're in West Virginia or not. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right. Are we, do we still have ten dice? or, or No, you I... have seven dice, I believe. Yes, we have seven. How could you do this to me? <laughs> oh, yeah, because we only started with another. Yeah. All right. Well... I have no ones, but I also have no sixes. Oh, we're moving fast. Oh my god! Oh god! Yeah, we're under we're under median. Okay. Wow! Another candle out. I got four fours and uh, three fives. <laughs> Full house. Statistically, a very good roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're burning through our like high probability, high high success probability candles real fast. Let's not worry about that. Don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. Both of these both of these should have been median four. But are we in West Virginia? Nitch, you continue to sort of step past Eustace and continue kind of your examination of the seats and what might be around or under them. And you make your way towards the back of the bus, kind of looking for any leftover things. You kind of look up for a second and glance over the bus. It's darkened interior. And you look back. You sort of had reached out a little bit to just kind of grab the seats as you were walking along. And you stumble a bit because you look back and you reach out and there's... It's like there's a row of seats missing. And you kind of 
stumble forward in the bus right as it <laughs> a bump in the road beth you as you're driving along you see for just a second coming out of the trees some dark thing <laughs> move towards the bus oh no before <laughs> it crashes against it and the bus lurches to the side as you try to maintain control you spin the wheel one way spin the wheel the other way as the bus shrieks and lurches into the other lane and nearly off the side of the road. As this old bus nearly tips over and then steadies, screeching to a stop, we blow out another candle. <sighs> These things are true. The world is dark. Niche, what else is true? And as the bus judders to a stop we cannot tell up from town Beth Laramie what else is true the bus has a flat tire Casey J what else is true most folks aren't worse and a little shaken up but there's more than one injured Miss L what else is true the lights inside the bus are still on the engine's still running disoriented folks trying to clamor out of the bus Pressing one another down into the seats or against the floor. Whatever way is up or down, whatever the floor even means now. You can hear one of the windows be shoved open, one of the emergency hatches. People are spilling out of the bus and away from the light. Nitch, what else is true? We call out for them. Tell them no. Come back. Some listen. Some don't. Beth, what else is true? There are huge gash marks down the side of the bus, gouging into the metal and the tires. Casey, what else is true? Even if things lock down, as they are, this road is usually still well-traveled. But it sure is quiet as hell now. I'd like you all to repeat after me. These things are true. The world is dark. And we are alive. These things are true. The world is dark. And we are alive. As you all reorient yourselves, get yourselves upright, and start to take stock of the situation, you see the gashes near the front right tire of your bus that not only brought about the flat, but cut through even... The, the metal guards over the tires and well even into the door of the bus trying to get out of the bus is a bit of a hassle just from the twisted bent metal but you manage to jimmy and force the door open some folks already have taken off terrified of whatever's coming just shout out to a few folk and you know, Eustace didn't hadn't gone too far and Stops himself and calls out, and another figure kind of pauses. She comes back. Vicky, you learn her name is. Few others, too, kind of congregate around the now still bus. You all look around. You all take stock of the situation. Something crashed into you back there on the road. Eustace mutters to you. I can't be that far ahead. Uh, Alt, Alt is near. Alt is uh, just up the road, just uh, to, over the hill. Vicky kind of chimes in. And 
yeah, yeah, I, I heard, I heard it's not, it shouldn't be that far. I think I've been there once, maybe. And you see from up the road, some distance off, the faint halo, the faint aura of light towards Alta. What y'all doing? Beth is gonna spend a moment inspecting the bus to see if it's gonna go anywhere, and it's very clear. I mean, if, if you want me to roll a conflict roll, I can, but it's pretty clear that this thing is torn up, um, despite the engine running. I mean, they could still carry, could carry spare tires. We don't have a jack. This thing's at least two tons. I, I think Eustace is right. I think we got to make for Alta. There'll be cars there. Well, then good thing we've got a bus full of useful parts we can take with us. I say we focus on making light. It doesn't look like there's gasoline leaking all over the place. Maybe we can take some with us. Maybe light some... Make some torches. Light some rags. Just get more light so we can get all the way to town. Well, if we're going to be striking out on our own, we're going to need to be able to fend ourselves. And Beth is going to get under the bus and try and pull out any piping anything that is made of metal and looks like it could be swung. <laughs> okay. She wants a metal pipe. <laughs> I love it. Um, I tell you what, uh, Beth, go ahead and roll me a conflict check. Um, roll conflict. Yeah. So you have seven dice. I think eight dice. Eight dice. Right. Eight dice. Yeah. Okay. I did get a six. Um, <laughs> we're not ending the scene yet. <laughs> But I also got two ones, and I think I'm going to go ahead and burn a trait to re-roll those ones. What trait's on top for you? It is arrogant. Ooh, tell me how arrogant figures into what you're doing, then. Beth knows her own strength. Um, She knows that she can kind of tough her way through a lot of situations. These are pipes that have been welded together. Like, they are not going to come out easily. I think she kind of tests a bunch to see which one she can pull. She she finally finds one she thinks she can get a handle on, and she's she's pulling on it, she's pulling on it, and she's kind of like, she's in an awkward spot, too, because um, she's, like, underneath the bus, and she finally wrenches it free, and all this oil just spills all over her, um, and she kind of scrapes up her her elbows um, as she's, like, thrust by the, by the, by the momentum of pulling off the pipe. As she kind of overestimates um, her what her own capabilities are and just is just covered in all this flammable material. <laughs> oh, good job, Beth. You found it. Um, and re-roll those two ones. Well, I got one one. So we're only losing okay. one die. That's something. <laughs> did, did you get another six? <laughs> no, I did not. Wait, sorry, I have two sixes. I forgot that my Notre Dame die has the Notre Dame on top and not so. Very nice. Um, nice sponsorship plug, Maggie. Okay. <laughs> then as, as you pull this free, um, as, as you've described, sort of the oil <laughs> spills out over you and you sort of wipe it off uh, as best you can from your face. And ultimately you sort of crawl your way out from underneath the, the bus um, with... A hunk of metal piping in your hands, a piece of a already older and fragile vehicle that you pried free from the rusted joint. You are armed with this metal piping. 
you all look up and down the road. Around you, the space is fairly well illuminated between the still glowing headlights, taillights, and the interior emergency uh, lights of the bus. What are y'all doing? Well, since Beth got all that flammable oil out of the bus, um, I would like to try and make flammable torches so we don't have to waste our flashlight battery on our way. Okay. Lily, you start to uh, sort of strip pieces of cloth from things that aren't being used. Actually, we can salvage some of like, the bus seats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know those suckers are flammable. I mean, it's going to be noxious as hell, but it'll burn, I bet. It's not For a bad sure idea. it will be noxious as hell. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I think you... Mmm, bus leather. <laughs> Smells like student <laughs> leather. Oh, and God. Plastic. Don't, say, don't say that. Um, Lily and Casey both step, I think, back inside the bus. And under Miss L's direction, Casey, you help strip some of the seats of their leather and bits of their stuffing, perhaps. Lily, you start to take the materials and try to bind them together in enough of a way to make uh, functional torches. Go ahead and roll a conflict check. You have seven dice, I believe. Oh, thank God. One six, no ones. You have narrative control. Tell me not only what happens as you go through the process of tearing these seats up, but tell me what the beginning of your journey towards the light looks like, or where you go if not towards the light. Can I make conversation during one of these? Yes, please. I I was actually going to say I feel like we have not been able to talk to each other basically at all. We've been very action-oriented and I'd like to let the characters breathe. Good call. <laughs> okay. So I, I lead Casey back to the bus. And as we're kind of trying to rip up the seats, I say, Casey, did you ever learn about the constellations in school? Is that something they teach high schoolers? I mean, not high school. I think we had, like, might have been, like, sixth grade earth science. Wasn't much about the constellations. It was, you know, you live on a planet. Here are the other planets that there are. Ah, it's very useful information for life. But... I figured you you gotta know that. I guess so. Do you know what your star sign is? Do you ever read your horoscope? I'm a little bit into horoscopes. <laughs> or I was when there were stars. I don't I don't know, actually. I, I was born in August, if that means anything. Late August or like early mid-August? Like early August. Real scorcher. Oof. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for you. You're a Leo. A lion. Very fierce. Yeah, well. What about yourself, then? You... Oh, I'm a Pisces. I'm a water sign. I'm more of a go-with-the-flow type. Whereas you are more, like, confident, ambitious, center of attention, loyal. I think that fits you pretty well. I also think you could probably kill someone with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You figure the stars tell you that kind of thing? Hmm. I think it's more fun to think that they can. 
We had one star that told us things. It's day, it's night, it's day, it's night. The other ones are so much more interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong with this. I, I don't know shit about fuck, and I don't know shit about this, for sure. Uh, well, it, 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 part of it, some, some of like the planets as well. I always thought, she'll sort of hesitate for a second there. Like, she's gonna say something, and then she, like, pivots into, like, yeah, well, someone I knew always used to talk about it. You doing okay, kid? I mean, obviously not, but, like, on a general scale. I, I mean, I mean, Miss Lily, I am gonna just keep fucking rolling with it as it comes at me. Fuck. I shouldn't probably. Fuck, you're a kindergarten teacher. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that just means that I can't say fuck for my job. And now I can. Because my students... Because I'm not around my students. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck! (laughs) Fuck! Oh, that was nice. Fuck! (laughs) What's another one? Bastard! I'll kind of whack the seat as I do it, try to pull <laughs> off the fake leather. I think you'll hear from outside the um the bus. Best voice. You got that right! As she's, like, practicing her swings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, folks, my parents are parents still at home. Didn't want to come down here. Figure someone's got to do something. I'm never going to have to fucking turn in my college apps now. Uh, I, and this is... Like, oh, she's clearly trying to, like, mask it as, like, vicious glee, but, like, there's something under it. Oh, maybe. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't really have the stars to tell us right now. Think the sun's just going to come back up? Well, I never thought the sun was going to go away. So it might surprise us again. You know, I heard you saying to yourself there in the bus, you got... Got someone back home? No. Just my kids. I'm also kind of like a daycare person, too, so... Kids, kids, kids. I mean, that's sort of what kindergarten is. Yeah, you try and teach them letters, but God, they just will not learn them at all. Mostly it's just about, hey, if you put scissors near your eye, you might get scissors in your eye. And, God, that really blows their little minds. About this time, I think you have ripped enough seat and stuffing away, oiled up, that you get a few torches burning, and you gather outside the light of the bus and cast your lights up the road. Take a quick look around you. Uh, I think... In the lead here, both Miss L and Casey, sweeping torchlight out, handing out further bits and bobs of illuminated instruments burning, and you prepare to set off towards the town, towards the destination, as it were, that you are headed towards. Before you all set off towards Alta on foot, I'd like to pause us. One of the things I ask you to bring along for this session is a device to record something. 
And I'd like you to go ahead and mute yourselves and take a moment to make a recording. What I'd like you to do is leave a brief message. It can be trying to call out to family members in the form of attempting to leave a voicemail. It could be leaving a note. It could be a muttering to yourself. You are out here. You are away from a stable place, but you could leave something on the bus. You could wish that someone could hear whatever it is. But what I want you to do is record a message right now. begin to venture away from the bus, away from the safety of the light that it provides, and towards the glimmer of light in the town. With the torchlight, you're able to wave back the shadows, the darkness around you. And in what glow you have before you, you can see tall rising trees, standing on either side before you, some beginning to lose their leaves, and you recall that before the sun went out, should be the middle of autumn. Leaves are falling, and you can see them even as you cast the light by the side of the road, dry, dangerous, and flammable. Make your way onward, and you approach what you think might be the city limits by the signs designation of the town of Alta. You can see a bit clearer now further up the road where the light's coming from. Looks like an old gas station of sorts. It's glowing in the night. Road leads past it, of course. You could step off down the exit towards it, or you could walk on towards the town itself. Where y'all going? Let's hit the gas station. Maybe we can find some supplies on our way in. All right, folks, we are looking for lighters. We are looking for flashlights. We are looking for anything that you can set on fire and burn. I wouldn't... Although, please don't set it on fire yet. I wouldn't set a flashlight on fire. I think it's better used in operating condition. I am I am, sta- I am stating these in separate categories. Ms. Laramie. <laughs> we are also looking for chocolate. We're, we're looking for chocolate hostess cupcakes. If anybody finds any, you bring them straight to me. Well, okay, then. All right, that's Lily. Is the gas station door locked? You all walk towards the gas station, and in fact, as you approach, uh, you see even the sort of over, uh, what do you call it, the awning uh, over the pumps is still lit. As you kind of walk up, you look, and you can see inside that the lights are about 50-50. 50-50. Some of them seem to be out or broken. Um, the others seem to be glowing. Come to the door and... It opens before you with a little... Ding-ling-ling. A jingle of the bells that are set at the top of the door. You step inside and you kind of look around. Um, and with your sort of flaming torches still glowing, you kind of swing them around the space. There doesn't seem to be anybody here. There's no one behind the counter, certainly. There's still some supplies, as it were. Uh, 
Looks like there's a lot of sodas and water bottles stocked in the fridges. Seems like the place still has power. Does it look like it's been, um, what's it called? Sacked is not the right word. Looted. Looted, thank you. Yes, yeah, sacked, looted, etc. Um, it's like the sack of Constantinople, but it's a gas station. Yeah, the Republic of British Petroleum, has it been sacked? Uh, in, indeed. Um, you, you look around and... At least there aren't any obvious signs. Uh, there, there are a few things out here or there on the shelves, but in any widespread sense, no. No, it doesn't seem like anything's missing um, that you'd expect to be here in a aggressive sense. You do look around and you notice a back door presumably goes to an office or storage or you know wherever they restock the the fridges from. Probably some series of little rooms for now. That's about it. Okay. Um, I go looking around for anything that's portable. Um, so I'm looking for like things that are dense in calories, but are also easy to carry. So things they are going to be like trail mix, ramen, snack bars. You start to look around for anything that might be, calorie-laden, transportable, or useful. Go ahead and make a conflict roll. You have eight of your dice, I believe. Seven, because we lost one. Oh, that's correct. Oh my god. Um, so, I rolled two ones and no sixes. Oh so my instead, god. I am going to burn my trait faithful. <laughs> as I, I think I sort of stop for a moment and I get distracted from my task. And instead of, like, continuing down the, the aisle of the food, I stop by, like, this um, wire shelf that has a bunch of these little toys on it. And I look at one that's a Beanie Baby uh, or something like it. And it just has this sort of teal fur and a little bear face and butterfly wings coming out of its back. And I just pick it up and I'm staring at it for a moment before I stuff it in my backpack um, and then continue looking. Okay, re-roll your ones. Oh, yes. Okay, one six. <sighs> oh, thank God. <laughs> that means, Niche, you have narrative control. Um, you've already given me a good description, I think, of the immediate action that you're doing, but I'd like for you to develop for me a little more about what you discover or find or deal with in this gas station. As you kind of go through the space, you have your moment here. Um, not, well, not your moment in the mechanical sense, but you, you have a moment here and kind of see this beanie baby with the wings and take stock of your situation. What do you do? What do you see? What do you find? After that, it's weighing on his mind. But he, he tries to focus. He's here for a reason. And he needs to do that. There will be time later. Everything's going to be fine. And he sees there's all these sort of dehydrated soups and begins stacking them into his backpack um, 
packages of ramen, uh, trail mix, just gathering it all up, um, getting batteries, uh, packs of, of C batteries for the flashlights and, and just filling it up till it's bursting. You find the supplies and you start to stuff them into a sack and kind of gather them up. You all sort of explore the space. Um, you manage to sort of shake open some of the doors that are shut and poorly locked, but had appeared locked at first. And I think you hear a cry. Is someone there? Please? Is someone there? Unlock the door. Hello? Can you hear us? Hello? Don't get any closer. You don't know what that is. I'm walking towards it. You both move closer and you you pass into some of the back rooms of the space. And you kind of come into the area and look around. You see shelves and shelves of excess supply. As you begin to look around very quickly find yourselves kind of stepping outside with the light of your torches, of course. And you find what looks like a, a sort of odd kind of cellar space. Like you might expect at the back of a residence. Um, but it seems to be present here. Uh, and to lead downward. You hear again, muffled from below, We're here! We're down here. Beth is going to grab Mitch's shoulder and say, stay in the light. We have our flashlights. Don't go down there. You don't know what's down there. We can't leave them here. If you go down there, you don't know what's going to happen to you. No, I don't. But I know what will happen to them if I don't. You don't know that. You don't even know who them is. Then I'm going to find out. We have a mission to get the supplies back to Sulphur. Okay. He shrugs off his backpack and holds it out to you. There. Those are the supplies that I got. You're making a huge mistake. I'm just looking down. I'll stay at the top of the stairs. She'll throw the backpack over her shoulder. Really? You're just going to let him go? He's a kid. He wants to go. It's not my problem. I'll go with him. Oh, you're another kid. Yeah, but I, you, you, were, you were saying all those big things about me. You guys are going to get yourselves killed. I, I just want to look. Do you want to return to Sulphur? Yeah, I do. But... Ms. Laramie's going to be a real quick peek. I promise. She rolls her eyes. If there's anything out there, I'll throw him over my shoulder and we'll be right back. <laughs> well, I'm going with you. Beth, I'm taking your torch. I can't lose this too many people. Fine. But only because we'll be lost without you guys. I'm coming with you too. But the first sign of trouble, we're out of here. And the kids are standing in the back. Y'all move towards the, the door down below. Miss L... Sounds like you're trying to more or less take some degree of lead on this or make sure the kids are standing in the back. Yeah, I will motion for Beth to walk first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I will uh, keep the kids in the back half of the group. 
I'm happy with that. Uh, Bethel raise an eyebrow at you. <laughs> you're you're a lot stronger than me. Oh my god. You're so strong and pretty and willing to go in the front. Strong and pretty and brave. Is Mitch saying that? No, Mitch is not saying that. (laughs) Mitch is walking towards the door. Beth will take a step and she will take her pipe and ready to swing with the first sign of motion as we walk in. What's the lock look like? Beth, you're the first to approach the door. The first thing you see is that as you come up to it, the bar is sort of, there's sort of a metal bar slung through the outer latch on the outside, and you can easily throw it away, and you reach down to open the doors, and I need you to make a conflict roll. Yep, yep, yep. How much dice do we have right now? All eight. Six. Uh, seven. not eight. I think we're at seven still. Seven. Okay. Well, Jack lost a. Jack lost one of them, right? No, Did Jack he re-rolled. Another one? He no, re-rolled. I okay, I thought he rerolled. Okay, yeah. So Sorry. seven still. We're on eight candles, but we have seven dice. I, believe. I hope you guys know I can't burn a trait because I already did one in this scene. Oh. Well, I didn't roll. Okay, I rolled one one, and one six. Maggie, I'd like you to start describing the scene. I think the door kind of swings open. It's a bit creaky. And um, there's nothing there right in front of us. And Beth doesn't take a step forward. Instead, she calls out. All right, who's down here? She won't move until she hears a sound returning the call. You wait. And you wait a bit longer. Listening. And you hear, finally, reply. Help us, we're running out of light. The flashlights are low. Do you have batteries? Who are you? Where are we right now? She'll ask. Who are you? Tell me, where are we? Who are you? We're not going down there. Who are you? They are down there. Okay. She's going to back up, push everybody out of the way, and shut the door. Please, we just need batteries. We're running out of light. You saw what happened at the school. That cannot be humans. Yeah, I saw. Okay. And he'll turn and pick up his backpack. And start walking out of the building. Come on, we need to get going right now, she'll say to the other two. Are there any hostess cupcakes here? (laughs) Just as we leave. I want, like, something sweet that's actually enjoyable and not just calorie dense. Maybe something that's a bit cheerful. You turn and sort of step back into the, the main storefront of this gas station convenience store. Looking for something to take for the road like you to make a conflict roll. I'm sorry, what number are we on? Six? We have six. Six. Two six. Oh, three sixes and one one. I will keep that roll. Then, uh, Miss Lily, you step back into the storefront and you look around you again as you take in the details and look through the articles that are actually present on the shelves as you look through 
you sort of look across the floor and what bits of grubby tile are there. What do you see? What what do you find? What do you do? You have narrative control. Lily is looking for things that might not be useful, but are less bleak, a little bit more cheerful. And I think that she finds some sweets that she remembers eating growing up. And maybe like a local caramel maker <laughs> has some candies up by the counter that she takes. And a bag of like $1 balloons, just in case we need to have a little party. And maybe some novelty t-shirts. <laughs> She's She like smiles when she sees one that has a sun on it. And immediately, like, takes off her sweater in the middle of this gas station and puts it on. Oh. And I think she'll just find some things to distribute around the group that, you know, might make people smile a little bit. I I love that. Um, you you pilfer some balloons and a few other spare items, maybe some little sort of funny souvenir kinds of like t-shirts souvenirs of a town that apart from the local area not very many people know about but the folk are fond of the name and you you make your way back to the other folk and uh Eustace and Vicky are have been looking around with lights themselves as y'all kind of reconverge and uh are looking up the road a bit looking around as you come back together and offer up your findings. I think y'all all sort of spread out a little bit for a second as uh, Miss Lily heads back to the interior of the store. Mitch kind of picks up the backpack, looks to the others for a second, and heads back to the front to regroup. Beth, having sort of closed the doors to this lower level shut again, and sealed them back in place. Also starts to walk around. Casey, what are you doing as the doors are shut and folks begin to kind of light their own way? Casey's doing kind of like a perimeter sweep of the the group a little bit. Taking stock sort of in the gas station lights in a way that was more difficult to do with the bus. And going, you know, okay, all right, we have everyone here. Are we all ready to go? We're going to kind of need to get a move on. I don't want to alarm anyone, but we really don't want to stay here any longer than we've got to. Do y'all have your flashlights? Do you have your torches? Do you... Okay. Okay, so you start to take charge of the situation. You start to go around trying to rally the people. I'd like you to make me a conflict roll. Okay. We have five dice currently. Yep. Well, that is one six and no ones. It is a three and three fours at the six. Fours are popular today. We're finally making up for our uh, our terrible first two candles. Yeah, with our... <laughs> we're over median. I, I would love for you to tell me a bit more about what happens as you rally folk and start to push them towards moving on. Yeah, I, I think in her head she's doing a little bit of like... A checklist against okay you know who do, who do I how, how far had I gotten on like the who is on the bus uh and 
you know, who do I know is 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 gone? Do we have every everyone that I think we're supposed to have? Uh, I think she's she's kind of like twirling her her bat a little bit as she does, just like nervously, really more more than anything else. Like she is, I think this is under the like lights of like the the fueling portion of the gas station. Okay, I, and remind me, uh, Casey, are you carrying your own light in addition to the bat, or are you kind of just sticking to the light? I didn't have one on me uh, when we started out, so I think probably she's got, like, a torch or something. You step back to the people, and you start to kind of rally them around you. They're so easy to rally. They follow right along. They follow your lead, and you're excited, and you start to take them onward. And you're walking towards where, up the road towards the city. You're twirling your bat and holding your torch. And you're talking back with the people behind you. With Misselle, with Mitch, with Beth, with Eustace, and with Vicky. All of a sudden, the rest of you Lily, Mitch, Beth. You notice that there's a torchlight a bit far off in the dark. As Eustace taps you, Mitch, on the shoulder and kind of points. Um, goes, that, that, that one's kind of wandering far off. And Casey, you come to, as you kind of blink and look behind you again, and you see the gas station lights distant through the dark, some hundred yards behind you. And you look around you, and there's no one by your side. Ah! Cliffhanger! Don't worry, the second half of our game will release next episode, so get your tissues ready, because that's when we die. If you like our show, give us a rate or review on your preferred podcast network. If you want to chat with us about games, email us at calamityvault at gmail.com or message us on our Twitter and Tumblr accounts.